don't mean this shit if you ain't got respect. Money don't mean this shit if you ain't got respect. I thought you should know. Why you chasing that check? Long from money don't mean this shit if you ain't got respect. Respect is still king. To the show. 347-934-0966. That is the number to dial into the show. Welcome everybody. This is another installment of our live uh our um music industry conference call. This is something that we do at K100 Radio that um you know we we try to educate people. You know, with K100 Radio, uh, one of our main goals and one of our main objectives over here with the broadcast. I'm getting everybody uh, logged in. Shout out to Instagram Live, they just pulled up Facebook Live. What's going on with you guys? <laughs> Um, one of the things that we do over here at K One Radio is we try to educate. You know, we try to make sure that um, you know, people that we um that we rock with, everybody that we you know, all the artists and people that we have in our network are informed about you know, the music industry, the business side of things, uh, uh, new revelations, the way things are changing. You got a lot of things that's going on. The way the industry has changed and the model of it has changed over the past years. You know, the decade, the last decade is just everything has changed when it comes to streaming, the way you get paid. You know, all the options that you have as independent artists. And so we like to uh, keep everybody informed. And what we did, uh, what we did, oh, my bad. Let me need it. Hold on. <laughs> That's my new drop. Hold up. My bad. Let me get that out of there. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, delete. That's my new drop. I'll play that in a minute for you guys. I forgot I loaded it up in your iTunes. But um, one of the things that we do is, we, one of the things that we did, we partnered up. Uh, with uh, the homie uh, Mugs a Million, and we started uh, doing a live broadcast, kind of uh, expanding what he already had, which was the uh, music industry crash course. And so what we did was got with him, we teamed up with him, and he already had this going. And he said, "Man, I want to actually bring this platform uh, to radio." And uh, he hit us up, and we said, "Yeah, it sounds like a great idea." And so we've done about eight of these so far. Seven. This is number seven. This is number seven. The seventh one that we've done. And we've had a lot of different guests on. You know, we've had uh, various people, man. Uh, DJ Scream. You know, we've had uh, DJ Johnny O. Uh, you know, we've had just a lot of different people. We have to go back. Uh, Big Gip from the Goody Mob. We had so many different people that's, that we've done on this uh, segment. And they all bring real, real life uh, experience to the game. And so it's kind of a, a mixture of getting game from people who actually work in the field, who actually been there and seen some things. Um and also just putting out information that you might not have heard. Now, of course, again, you know, I'm a big proponent of DIY, of DIY, do it yourself. Um, Google is your friend. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the stuff that we may discuss on the MICCs, some of it may be readily available on the Internet. You feel me? Uh, but there are also a lot of things that aren't available, like the actual experience of actually going through something. And so we're going to talk to people uh, tonight. We got our first guest that we're going to have coming up at about 830 uh, is... Uh, Lou Palia, uh, he's actually the, one of the founders of Reverb Nation, and uh, Reverb Nation has been around for a long time. Uh, you know, before you know, SoundCloud really got to pop in and Bandcamp and all the other new things that uh, artists are using. Uh, Reverb Nation has been there, you know, since like 2006. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he actually founded Reverb Nation, and he's still, of course, actively involved with the company. And so there's still millions of artists uh, that, that subscribe to Reverb Nation and use their services to this day, even still. Uh, so we're going to talk to him, and I have a lot of great questions lined up for him. Also, to Leah Ewing, 
who is a, a music publishing, uh, a music publishing, uh, song placement, uh, music licensing uh, expert. Uh, she's based out of Nashville. Uh, works with a lot of different people. Uh, we're going to talk to her about a lot of uh, specific questions that I'm going to have. I got a lot of questions lined up that we're going to talk about. I'm going to get into uh, sample clearing. So if you're a producer or know anybody that's a producer, you might want to go ahead and get them on the line because I'm going to ask her. She, uh, you know, she also does work getting samples cleared. Uh, so I'm gonna have I have a lot of specific questions that I'm going to actually ask her. That just a lot of times you don't get that actual industry firsthand knowledge uh, from people that's actually doing it on a daily basis. So that's what this is all about. This is the MICC on K100 Radio, the music industry conference call. Before we start, though, want to pause real quick if you can. Regardless of what your beliefs are, whatever. Uh, if you can, just throw one up for my homie uh, who normally co-hosts this segment with me, uh, which is actually, you know, an extension of his actual idea. Uh, Mugs a million. Uh, his mother has fallen ill and he had to go out of town on an emergency. Of course, you know, he's always co-hosting this with me because he brought this idea to us. Uh, the reason you don't hear him right now on the line with me is because of his family emergency. So if you can, please just send one up uh, for the homie Mugs a million if you can. If you're the praying type, please. Uh, we uh, really hope that his mother uh, gets well soon. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Everything works out on him. So uh, that's why he's not here. And you won't actually uh, see Mugs and Million for this particular MICC segment. All you got is me and the guest. Y'all good with that? All right. Um, let me see. Check it in. Everybody check it in. What's up? Uh, Instagram Live. What's going on? Facebook Live. What's happening? Quarter Till. What's going on? Wallace Cummings. Kenise Taylor. What's going on? Uh, let me see. Who else? Demario Calloway. Uh, Dominique JL Dominique Mason What's going on Shout out to Dominique uh, I just recently worked with her She's an artist And um, did some work with her On a song With a collaborative effort With our homie Next God Make sure you guys Check out that, check out that video When it comes out Alright So um, that's actually You know What we're doing here At K100 Radio Again this is the MICC Music Industry Conference call And we're here to We're here to uh, Spread information You know what I'm saying Again I know some stuff That you can get Off of Google But sometimes Actually just talking To a person uh, kind of makes all of the difference, you know, talking to someone that actually uh, is actually in the industry doing something. So uh, at 8.30, we got uh, Lou coming up, and then we have uh, Thalia, Ewing, Thalia Ewing, and it's going to be great, man. I got some really great questions lined up, especially for uh, uh, especially for uh, uh, Lou, you know what I'm saying, because Reverb Nation has been around for a very long time, and, you know, with the onset of, uh, you know, uh, I guess a major question is if you still rock with Reverb Nation, you know what I'm saying? If you still actually use Reverb Nation, I've got some really pointed questions. And I'll actually take your questions. If there's anything about Reverb Nation that you've ever wondered or thought they should fix, thought they should change, you know what I'm saying? The number is 347-934-0966. So you guys can actually hit us up, call in, or you can uh, maybe ask me the question if I can keep up over here on Facebook Live. Shout out to Carolina George. So he's coming up at 830. That's going to be our first guest, right? And then at uh, around about 9 o'clock, 905, uh, Thalia uh, Ewing will, will be coming up, and uh, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of the questions that I'm going to ask her, man, if you're really a producer, well, artists too, artists need to know a lot of this stuff. But she deals with like mechanical royalties and all the other kind of stuff. And not saying that artists don't need to know this stuff because you need to know it when you're dealing with producers. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you can you can get caught up in the jargon, and they're actually a full hire service. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so everything that she's telling you, she actually can provide the service for you after the fact. You know what I'm saying? So she's um, she, it's not about her coming here to promote her service. This is about her giving out information. And if you want to follow up, then, of course, you can actually uh, get with her for some of the stuff that she's doing, especially the sample, the sample clearing. A lot of artists don't understand the major reason why 
a lot of times uh, if they if they happen to actually find a real music supervisor or a real platform uh, and they try to send them music for a movie or anything, a lot of people don't understand one of the major reasons they get rejected is because the song may have obvious samples in it. And uh, the, the, the studios don't want to get involved with that. Um, so, you know, if we got producers that are listening tonight, uh, it would behoove you because I'm going to ask her some real pointed and specific questions about sampling and how much that hinders uh, getting your song placed. Now, it doesn't mean it won't get placed. You know what I'm saying? But if you're if you're a major artist and you got a song out like a Kanye West or something, then, of course, they've already went through the gambit and they understand and they know that the company itself, not Kanye, but the company himself, the parent company and the distributors, all of those guys have not let that song hit the airwaves or the mainstream without all that paperwork being handled, supposedly, properly, right? So they'll take the risk and run with a mainstream artist that has a sample in the song, right? A, a, a clear sample, you know, like a, a chopped up real sample like Otis or something like that. You just know for a fact, you know what I'm saying? It's a sample. They don't do it with independent artists because let's just be real. Independent artists be lying. Producers be lying. Cats be lying talking about, yeah, I got it cleared. They just trying to get on. They just trying to get a check. They just trying to get that placement money. They be lying. And so they don't want to take the risk. And so I'm going to ask her some real good questions about, um, I'm going to, uh, Blue Collar, uh, I think, uh, that's a good question, Blue Collar. Uh, when Lou comes on the line, I'm actually, I'll, ask, I'll make sure I ask him that. Uh, he asked me on, on Facebook Live, is Reverb Nation doing sync licensing? Uh, good question. I know they have a lot of opportunities and different opportunities to get your music placed and stuff. But see, a lot of a lot of it is third party. Like we actually have an opportunity running on Reverb Nation right now as K100 Radio. There's a K100 Radio uh, Reverb Nation opportunity. This is how I ended up building a relationship, you know, with Lou to uh, actually be able to get him on the show because we've ran several opportunities uh, for independent artists uh, on K1 on uh, Reverb Nation, and one is active right now. It doesn't end until May. And uh, so if you're on Reverb Nation, you maybe you should go look for it. And it's just, you know, uh, 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 get 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 airplay in, in an interview, in a featured interview on um, uh, K100 Radio for free. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it's it's just something that we do every now and then just kind of keep the relationship going with Reverb Nation that we built over the years. Uh, but it's actually uh, active and live right now. So, uh no, I'm gonna. I'll actually ask him that specific question because, but I do know for a fact just from being on the website and being a opportunity partner that they do have opportunities from other companies to submit your music to get it placed. You feel what I'm saying? Are they doing it directly? Uh, we'll make sure we clear that up uh, when he gets on the line at about 8:30, uh, which is in a couple of minutes. Uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, 347-934-0966, uh, that's the number to dial into the show. And normally right here at the beginning of the segment, this is where me and Muggs will go back and forth and we would talk about uh, specific industry topics that we felt was uh, pertinent to the guests that we had coming on. I don't have them here to bounce off this particular time, but it's all good. Um, there's a couple of things because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to directly ask uh, Thalia Ewing uh, about this mess Probably the, the latest news that I just saw that I just felt was kind of crazy about this mess that's going on with the uh, situation with, again, the parent company, another company, yet another company suing uh, cash money for uh, uh, payments uh, that they haven't uh, recuperated. And I think that's really important. And I'm going to I'm going to ask her some questions about that whole situation. Like, how does that happen? How, how is it that people sign contracts, but they still don't get paid? This happens all the time in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I think people feel like 
soon as you sign the contract, I'm ironclad, 100% gonna get my money. As soon as I sign that split sheet in the studio, if this pop off, that check coming, guaranteed, 100. And I think everybody should pump their brakes. That's the cash money fiasco is a prime example of why the why the fuck that's not true. All right, that's just that's just. You know what I'm saying? It's like a credit card company saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I give this guy credit, I'm, I'm, I know 100% sure they're going to pay their bill on time. Right? That doesn't happen. People, people don't pay bills. You still have the human element involved in all of this stuff. Now, not doing any paperwork, not signing any contracts, not getting any, you know, not making sure you're registered with the PRO and all this basic, basic information stuff. Again, the basic stuff that you can find on Google. You know what I'm saying? This, the, the MIC music industry conference call is not to, uh, is not built to make you not do your own research and go out and uh, do it yourself and, and, and do some um, research and find out what you need to know. Uh, it's just to kind of extend it a little bit. But the point is, of course, first, not doing any of that will be detrimental. Of course, because you'll never see the money. But again, we can see now many instances where there has been paperwork in place. And people still didn't get paid, still didn't get paid. Right. Um, I just read a, I just read an open letter that one of the uh, that young noble wrote. Uh, I think it was to Hip Hop DX. I think it was that it was Hip Hop DX or All Hip Hop. I can't remember which one it was. I got to go back and look. Um, talking about the uh, Tupac movie scenario, the Tupac movie situation. You feel what I'm saying? And um, just how, you know, they were cut out. They were cut out of everything. Even though there were contingencies in place, the lawyers, you know, lawyers are lawyers talking a whole nother language. It's like trying to overtalk code with a programmer. You know what I'm saying? When you're talking to lawyers, there's a lot of things that they can say, and you can literally look at it in black and white, but if you actually don't know what you're looking at, it can look like a great idea. And it won't be. So there's the human element that you have to actually throw in with everything that you have going on. You feel me? On top of the fact, you know, that you have the actual contracts and stuff that have to be right. You can still get people to just backdoor you and just or you can get a Birdman situation where people just ain't paying you like they know they owe you and they ain't paying you. They're like, get it in blood, get it in the court. They don't care. You still have all of that to contend with, and you still even if even when you do everything right, you feel what I'm saying. And so, there 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 are going to be pitfalls. You know what I'm saying. No matter how many music conferences you go to, how much Google you read, no matter what lawyer you get, as you can see, rich people get rich people still. Just like Rihanna, for instance, it's funny uh, uh, that uh, Kendrick Lamar reminded me about you know the, the, that her uh, her uh, video where she kills the accountant was literally based in reality I, I totally forgot about that but i listened to the kendrick lamar album uh damn which is actually pretty pretty good record to me um and uh he has a song on there when he and he's and he's talking he has a song with rihanna on there that's really dope the loyalty joint but there's a song on there later on down the uh, track listing i can't remember the name right now where he actually talks about i think it's feel where he talks about how he how he would feel you know if if, if his accountant had done that to him and here's the thing people are going to tell you hey man don't be stupid don't be don't try to handle all your business you got all this money you got all this stuff going on you need to get an accountant well she did get an accountant and she still got screwed matter of fact that was the that was actually she probably would have been better off counting her own money if the guy was just gonna rob her blind 
so it, the, the main thing I, I think I want to make sure that we take away from when we're doing the MIC uh, see the music industry conference calls is a lot of this stuff may not necessarily be set 100% in stone because you can actually follow everything and all the guidelines uh, that some of these people are telling you and you can still just end up getting in bed with the wrong people all right 347-934-0966 that's the number to dial into the show uh we've got our, our guest coming up uh you know um at our first guest is at 8 30 so he'll be coming up here in a minute and we've got the music industry conference call uh Lea, i think i'm saying his name right because we actually talked through emails and stuff and i'm pretty sure it's Lea, which is the co-founder of reverb nation he's going to be coming up and we're going to ask him a lot of great questions uh a lot of stuff that reverb nation has going on that people actually don't know and then again at 905 ish we're gonna have the leah ewing uh the owner of music queen publishing coming on and she's gonna be actually talking about uh her company and then we're gonna ask her some specific direct questions that i have lined up for so again i want to welcome everybody to the broadcast you're gonna again call in with your questions 347-934-0966 that's the number down to the show again 347-934-0966 that is the number down to the show uh, and you can also ask your questions over on Facebook Live. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're on Instagram Live, uh, please, once the guests come on the line, if you have any questions or any responses to anything that they're saying, uh, we'll make sure that we try to uh, fit those questions in uh, and, uh, and shoot it to them directly. And hopefully uh, the guests will be able to answer. All right. Uh, let me see. I think so, well, somebody's calling them. I'm not I'm not I'm pretty sure this is in Lewis too early, but let me check and see if anybody actually wants to ask a question before we even get started or before the guests even come on. Uh, area code 803-939 Hello Area code 803-939 Hello Okay maybe they're just calling to check in Maybe they just want to listen online you, What you can do if you don't have the internet Or if you don't have unlimited data You don't want to do Facebook live Because Facebook live eats up a lot of your data So does Instagram live uh, You can always call into the phone lines And just listen to the broadcast And soak the information up there uh, Again all the, the broadcasts are uh, recorded uh, the uh, the broadcast will be available on SoundCloud, and it will also be on uh, YouTube. Actually, we're going to put this one up on YouTube, so you'll be able to watch them after the fact. If you have to leave, go out, or whatever, and you miss any parts of what the guests are saying, uh, you'll be able to access it on demand uh, on our YouTube page and on our SoundCloud page. So make sure that you follow and subscribe to both of those. Uh, Big uh, Isha, what's going on? Uh, Sir, Sir Calloway checking in over there on our Instagram Live. Like I said, this is uh, this segment is the music industry conference call. See, Renee, what's going on? Uh, but I, I thought that it was um, really interesting that, uh, you know, with the Drake situation, because a lot of the Drake situation should be a clear reminder to artists that, you know, no, nothing, nobody really blows up like overnight like that. Like, it, it just seems that way. Like, you, it seems that somebody came out of nowhere. But if you actually uh, read the latest article that Billboard just put out about the situation, about the uh, company named Aspire that's actually suing uh, Cash Money, Drake was already signed, and that 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 machine that that company uh, that that deal was facilitated uh, by one of the guys that were I think it's Jay Prince's nephew or something like that, uh, and he facilitated that deal. That is the deal that actually got him, you know, the real buzz and got the music out there circulating to the point where Cash Money wanted to pick him up. And a lot of people just, you know, that that's that's a clear eye opener. I'm using this because this new lawsuit just happened. That just came out yesterday. Even though Lil Wayne has sued him, and the other guy, uh, Jay Prince's nephew, actually sent sued him directly. Also, the actual company that Drake was signed to, that they had contracts, they had contracts 
See, this is this is the company. This is the, this is a, a label suing another label now. You feel me? It's not it's not a it's not an artist. It's not an individual. This company literally says we've got the contracts saying what they're supposed to do. They so this is not a company. This this is the music industry. This is what I'm trying to get you guys to understand. They have the contracts signed. Yet and still here they are having to sue these people to get the money that they're owed for royalties. This is this is a company who no doubt had lawyers look over the paperwork before they did this uh deal with cash money. No one no one's gonna convince me that they didn't have lawyers looking at this paperwork. This this is a company. This ain't a person. This ain't one producer. This is a company that is actually suing another company. So they already had lawyers in place. There are lawyers on both ends that looked at this paperwork. Yet and still, somehow, this company found a way not to pay this company. See, that's the thing. When you get signed to a deal, like people, I think people think when you sign up with Sound Exchange and you and you sign to a record label, even if you sign when you sign to a record label, but you still registered. That your money just automatically finna hit your account and your hit your PayPal, like it's finna hit your PayPal or hit your direct deposit. No, it has to be dispersed to you from the label. And that's where everything gets crazy. You feel what I'm saying? That's where everything gets crazy. I, I think people, artists, have this uh thing in their head that if as long as I handle my paperwork right, as long as I'm registered with ASCAP and BMI and all that, if I got a deal, I'm gonna be straight regardless. Cause I, I made sure I got you still have to get they still get paid. And then they distribute the cash to you. And if and before you touch the money, obviously I'm pretty sure you guys know, they take out what you've already what you already owe them first. And if there's anything left, you're going to get the money. But here we here, here again, we have a, a, a shining example of clearly this person owes this person this money. Clearly there's a contract in place. Clearly they were paid by Universal the money, but they didn't pay the person. And here we are, and, and and so I think that you know when when you're when you're talking about the music industry and contracts, and I'm big on contracts, and I'm big on making sure you got everything done right. You can still, you can still get screwed over because you got people, you, pe- people, people, people are greedy. People will be people. People are shysty. You feel what I'm saying? The lawyers can do their job, but they can't go up and and and, 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 and unless they want to get locked up themselves. And put a gun in somebody's head and say, cut the check right now. I mean, somebody could probably possibly do that to Birdman. Maybe. I don't know. Is that the only way they're going to get their money? I don't know. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, even if you go through the courts, bro, somebody can end up filing a bankruptcy to get out of it. It's so many ways that you could just get out of not paying people. Because, see, once Universal paid him the money, he done already blew it on whatever he done blew it on, obviously. If he still has some of it, he's just holding on to it for whatever vindictive reason i can't imagine why he won't just pay his bills and pay these people the money if it if if they've already been cut the check out of sheer greed i can't fathom another real reason why he wouldn't do it i'm trying to figure it out myself as a as a person who just like why would you not because how do you how are you going to continue to do business down the line with other people if everybody feels like you're not going to pay your bills right like we have bad credit as a personal person you can't get more credit because they look like you don't pay your bills your credit score is 480 fuck out of here but again i i don't i don't know how we i don't know the reasons why and all that but what i do know is with this latest revelation 
that we could sit here and have all the music industry conference calls we want to and have all the uh, symposiums and, and you can get lawyers involved and still, still, the way the industry is set up because it's always will it's a, it's a it's a we'll pay you later type of type of deal with contracts and record deals now with shows that's what that's why everything is moving to shows now because the way shows work if i pull up to the venue first of all before you before you can even book me and, and i sign a contract you're gonna nine, nine times out of ten you're gonna have your rider and all that shit covered and you're gonna get half your money up front and then when you pull up to the venue if they don't have the other half you can literally just walk away a lot of the times and not do anything and not perform you're still gonna keep that half that's why people are so concerned with shows and we'll ask we'll ask we'll ask Lou with Reverb Nation about how involved do they, do they actually plan on getting as far as uh, booking artists with shows and setting up actual shows through them I got a real good question I gotta ask him on that we got about five five minutes before he comes on the line but that's why everybody, you know, is overly concerned with shows because you get paid more instantaneously. Whereas with everything else, with PROs, distribution, all this other stream, all uh, all this other stuff is money that comes months down the line if you're lucky. If everything goes right and everybody does their job and everybody pays you, it still comes down the line. God forbid you got to sue somebody. God forbid you got to sue somebody. Shout out to, uh, who is this? Uh, Sammy the Gatekeeper. Uh, the budget's everything uh, on the contract uh, so you don't make money. Yeah, they but yeah, they do. That's that's that, that's that what happened with um, cash money. Cash money. <laughs> uh, Yvette Holland, what's going on? Uh, Kenise Taylor, I'm going to answer your question in one second. Now, let me let me address what Sam, uh, let me see, what does that say? SMTH, uh, time, Timekeeper. I can't really say your, see your name that good on there, but uh, he he actually says the but they they budget everything on the contract so you don't make any money, and that's exactly what Cash Money pulled with the new revelation that the company is suing. But they not only did they do that, they did it they, they double billed them, bro. You feel me, Simone? Uh, Simone, my bad. I think I was trying to say your name right. But they but they but they did that. They did that. They actually did that. And then hold up, they took it out twice. The money, like, 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 where Universal had already took out, where Universal had already took money out for promotion and marketing, and all that, on behalf, Cash Money then came back and took it out again after Universal had already took it out from Cash Money. Said, "Well, we already paid for uh, this this amount of promotion and this amount of, uh, of promotion and all this other kind of stuff, so we're gonna take that out of the check that we're paying you, Birdman." And then Birdman says, oh, okay, 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 yeah. Oh, by the way, Aspire and Drake and Young Money, uh, I'm going to take this money because, yeah, yeah, that they had to go to marketing. Wait, Universal already bought, they already said that they took that out already when they gave you, and then what's left is what you have to distribute, you know. We already paid for that part of our marketing. No, 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 no. Birdman said, oh, no, 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 no. You got to pay for that part of the marketing that Universal did, but Universal already took the money out. So now the new lawsuit says they did it twice. <laughs> Which, when you listen to it, is like, how did he? How did he not think he was gonna get caught? I don't know. Eventually, that was gonna happen. That was gonna come to light. But maybe he didn't think. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why he thought that that wouldn't come up in in, in paperwork. And he and and these contracts are kind of like out there now. And they and they and they shared some of them. And I'm like, 
how did he think he was going to get away? But again, we're dealing with the human element when we're talking about contracts, when we're talking about the music industry. We're dealing with the human element. Even when you sign contracts and do it the right way, humans, human beings can still be shysty. They can still get greedy. So I just want everybody to keep all that in mind. And um, Kenise Taylor asked a question. Uh, so what do you do? You still may not get the recognition you need or deserve uh, without it. Referring to signing the contract. That's true. This is all of this is a risk business. The music industry is a high risk business. You may, you know, you you may not. People say, well, you know, they 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 scoff at 360 deals, which are literally at this point the only deal left right now, right? You know, the traditional oh, those are out, those are done, right? And people scoff at them, but at the same time, ask yourself the question that despite all this, is Drake technically winning or losing in his life right now? That's another question you have to look at. I'm not condoning signing bad contracts just to get on. Don't ever quote me as saying that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you're an artist, these are the things that you have to weigh. These are the things that you have to weigh. And these are the realities of what we're facing right now in the music industry. All right. I think my um, I think my first guest is on the line. Let me make sure and see. Check real quick. Uh, Lou, is this Lou? 516? Yep, I'm here. All right, bro. Let's let's let yep. me uh, properly introduce you real quick, and we're coming right back. All right, everybody, you guys ready? <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> K100 Radio. I'm your host, Blizz, and thanks, buddy, for tuning in to the show. You are tuned to the K100 Radio, hip hop and R and B. Welcome to our, our latest edition of the Music Industry Conference Call, the MICC. Right now, I want to bring our first guest on for tonight. All right, uh, and I, I, I think I've been saying his name correct the whole time. I'm, I'm almost positive. I know I got Lou right. <laughs> I know I got Lou yep. right. But the last name, say the last name for me, so so to make sure that I get it com- completely correct this time, bro. Sure, it's a Playa. Playa. Lou yeah. Playa. All right, you know I've been butchering that all day. Yep, yep, yep. That's pretty, okay. I, that's I, okay. I, I, Everybody been, does. <laughs> yeah, Playa. I've been totally uh, messing that up all day, but I, I really appreciate you uh, for uh, coming on the line with us. Lou Playa, uh, one of the co-founders of Reverb Nation right here on K100 Radio. Uh, welcome to the broadcast, brother. Thank you for uh, taking your time out of your busy schedule uh, to chop it up uh, with some people uh, that's listening to our broadcast. No doubt, a lot of artists who have used your services of your company uh i'll let you go ahead and run down the gambit of your credentials if you don't mind go ahead sir lou go ahead and tell them who you are real quick sure um i'm the co-founder of reverb nation uh we started this company about 10 years ago um prior to that i actually worked at atlantic records for 16 years and um when they let us go i finally took this idea i had to to uh, a bunch of investors and a bunch of tech guys because I don't know anything about technology. Um, now I know a little bit about it. But uh, then I started Reverb Nation just to help out artists, you know, basically a grassroots level, uh, all the basics, marketing tools, opportunities, things like that. So uh, first question I have to ask you is, Lou, and I got a couple of them lined up. 347-934-0966. That is the number to dial into the show. Again, 347-934-0966. That is the number to dial into the show. Make sure you press the number one on the keypad if you want to ask a question. All right. Uh, first of all, I noticed that you said that let go. So how did that happen? Did it, did it come through a, a label restructuring? How does it? How was it that you uh, left Atlantic Records and, and decided that you wanted to branch out and start Reverb Nation? What, what led to the, you departing from them? 
Oh, um, I guess it happens all the time in the record business. Uh, basically, I was working at uh, Lava Records for, I guess, four years, which is an imprint of Atlantic. And we had like massive amount of hits, Kid Rock, Simple Plan, Matchbox 20. You know, we were doing really, really well. Um, but then I guess a lot of people thought that my boss was going to be the head of all one music group and that never happened. And then, um, I guess Lee Arcone and his team came in <laughs> and, um, they kind of, they kind of just shut down Lava Records completely. Um, got rid of literally every one of us. Um, which was good. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, I guess. And I just want to, I want to, I, I, I want to say something, you know, real quick about just what you said. That That's so important because... Here it is, artists. We have our show is centered around independent artists, which is which is what you guys' service is over at Reverb Nation. And I'm pretty sure you know yep. you deal with the fact that artists just have, you know, this really um, unrealistic, grandiose idea of the music industry. And, you know, all they see is the superstar side. They don't see the back work. They don't see the inner workings. They don't see the hirings and firings and restructures and people losing their. They don't see all of that. And I think it's just real revealing right. that you've actually come on the line. And you said, listen, first of all. Before we even start this show, I used to work. At, I used to work for the majors, and I got fired. You know what I'm saying? I got I got replaced, and now yep. I went out and started my own thing because I preach all the time on K100 Radio because it was all about you just saying, okay, let me try something different. And I think I'm a I'm a real big uh, a proponent of telling people, hey, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Hey, don't be scared to start and try something else new. That may be the actual the best move. You know, don't get so stuck on just being an artist or just being a producer. Do more and try something else yeah. and look how it worked out for you. So I'm just glad that you just, without me even having to bring that subject up, because it wasn't even really in the queue for me to talk to you about that. You are, proof, <laughs> you're, but you're proof positive, Lou, of when I'm preaching that, that's that's actually really, you know, valid. It's a very, a very, very valid point. And that's where you're at right now on Reverb Nation. You know what I'm saying? So I want to, again, welcome Absolutely. you and thank you for uh, uh, being able to... Um, rock with us now i got a couple of questions and of course we're going to make sure that we let you uh give us any information that you want to uh about reverb nation that you think we should know but first question is uh just tell me right now 2017 how much has reverb nation itself as a platform as a service changed since 2006 to now like what what are what are some of the biggest things that in 2006 you never thought that you guys would be doing and give me some things that you thought that you would always be doing that you just had to change because the times have changed Sure. Um, I, I guess at the very beginning, we were m much more considered a software company. Um, as much as I hated it, because I was the only music guy in the company, um, my, I, my four of my partners are all technology guys. So, but we had to consider ourselves a software company, which was, you know, it, it killed me to say that, but it was true. We would basically, artists would just upload all their content. We would have to give them all these really cool you know, marketing tools like email systems and press kits, things like that. Um, but now, take it forward, I guess about two years ago, we started getting more of the human element involved. Um, we have a lot more music people, people from all over the, you know, from labels to managers to agents, all working with us. Uh, we actually have an A&R department of 28 people throughout the country in all different genres. Okay. Um, so it's definitely more music driven and I guess more artist development. You know, we've actually got this artist development department where we'll, we'll, we'll look at some of the cream of the crop artists that we believe have uh, I guess the best best uh, trajectory I guess you'd call it right and um, just try to help them out more like one on one service you know we'll we'll if we think something is a, a song is amazing we'll actually shop it around at no cost um, we'll introduce them the person to some managers some labels some co writers you know whatever we think they need 
Um, something that we never ever did in the first, I guess, seven or eight years of the company. Um, that is very. Someone asked a question uh, earlier, right before, right before you came on, maybe maybe five minutes before, and uh, it was blue collar, and he and he asked, "Is Reverb doing sync licensing?" I'm gonna get to that question, but it, but but to segue into that, um, I remember when you guys. I just didn't. I just you. You weren't known for that. Like you just said that you would actually, if you hear a song, you would actually try to connect the artist with the manager or actually put them in a position uh, based off the song. Whereas before, I full disclosure, I don't even know if you know. I think I've told you this before in emails and correspondence. But you know, as before, I even started doing uh, internet radio and K One's radio. Of course, I was a very active um, hip hop artist and producer, and I had you know Reverb Nation. Okay. Reverb Nation was my go to tool. I was ranked number one for my city for a while. For a long time um, I had the app I did mm -hmm. the opportunities I did the fan listing I had pretty much Almost all of the services That you guys had So I'm I'm, I'm not someone That, is, that isn't uh, Familiar with The service in, And the website itself From the artist perspective Because you know Again Just like you um, I decided to try Something else And I got into the radio And it's all worked out Great for me Right But In full, Good, yeah. in full disclosure I was I was a real big user Of Reverb Nation So I've literally seen it transform and you know and and then with the emergence of, of other services and stuff which is something else that we'll talk about you know you know and just me kind of not really uh being as focused on being an artist as, as much uh things changed but i saw how the platform itself changed over the years and i remember a time when it was kind of like I, I i never thought that you guys would get to the point of literally being like an a and r source which is, you know, it was kind of more mm -hmm. like you guys were like a SoundCloud kind of sort of like just a way to get your music out there, a way to people to listen, a way for people to listen to it, a way to communicate with fans. You know what I'm saying? Report your shows, tell people what yeah. you got going on, like a social a, a social media community for artists. But never did I think that you guys would graduate into, uh, you know, doing A and R work. You know what I'm saying? And what you're saying now. Oh yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of really really revealing to me because I really didn't know that. To be honest with you, I didn't know that you guys. Were yeah, doing I think it. I think that was the problem. The uh, first couple of years, I think people didn't even know what we were doing because we're not really necessarily like a fan site. You know, we're not like a we're not trying to compete with Facebook or anything like that. We're more of an artist services site. Um, you know, we have four and a half million artists on the site. Um, I think it's I don't remember how many songs. I think we got twenty million songs or something like that. Um, but we do have obviously we do have millions and millions of fans also. But nowhere near as Facebook, and we don't really, we're not necessarily looking to be that way. But it's true. It's like, I, I guess the early years, people didn't even know what we were. They, they just assumed we were like a MySpace where you put up all your songs and your videos and your shows and hope people will come and see it. Right. Um, but we kind of, yeah, we were never really like that. And, and we're still not really like that. I mean, it's great that fans come by, but it's mostly industry people that are coming by and checking out some of the things. And that, again, that, 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 that's, that's the, that's the argument that I've had in favor of you guys actually over the course of the years. You feel me? Um, mm -hmm. and, and I got it. It's so it's so much, man. Thirty minutes is not enough time to cover everything with you, man. I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying? Cause there's so much <laughs> stuff. No, because well, you yeah. know, with, with, with me and with me doing what I'm doing with social media, you know, you always get into these. You may not do it, but as someone like me, I get into social media debates about which platform is the best, who provides the best thing for artists, and you know, you you have artists that are going to cry and whine about this, that, and the third. There's always going to be a complaint, but I've oh, always yeah. I've always defended you guys, to be honest with you. Um, and, and people can check that record. You know what I'm saying? I, I've always been satisfied with what I've got out of Reverb Nation, uh, which is why I was, you know, eager to have you. you on. But there, there, I've seen people who just totally didn't understand or get it because they looked at it like they didn't look at it for what it was, I think. You know what I'm saying? I, I think they didn't, yep. they didn't use 
the tools that were available they just kind of came on there and made a free account but like just like everything else in the industry uh the bump ups and the upgrades are going to cost you and you know certain access to certain yep. features and services which is where you get the most out of it wasn't free and so since they didn't opt to do that they just said ah it's some bs man it's some bullshit i wasted my time blah 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 i'm like what do, what did you do with it what did you go in there and do you know what i'm saying tell me exactly well i put my music up yes. there, man and i shared it on facebook man but you know okay never mind anyway so <laughs> yeah it, it didn't it didn't work with facebook i mean it didn't work with uh even with facebook and myspace if you just if an artist is just gonna put up music and expect fans to come they better get another job because that ain't gonna happen <laughs> no matter where it is <laughs> maybe they'll listen to you Luke. maybe they'll listen to you i don't know all right uh next question k100 radio i'm your host blizzard thanks everybody for tuning into the show 347-934-0966 we're live right now. The MICC Music Industry Compass call. We're here right now with Lou. We wanted to, uh, Lou, say your name one more time, Lou. I got it. Playa. Did I say that right? Uh, Lou Playa. 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 Got it. Lou yep. Playa. Lou Playa. I'm going to remember that. Lou Playa, uh, one of the founders of Reverb Nation, and also uh, a former a at Atlantic Records and a lot of other stuff that he has. And I'm going to make sure we uh, read everything that he has going on outside of this. Another question, Lou. The next question. You know, with the onset of uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., how did that change what you did at Reverb Nation? How did the rise of other streaming services kind of, did that have anything to do with the way you guys ended up uh, doing business over the past maybe five years or so with these guys really just coming about and with streaming and, you know, on demand and Pandora? You know what I'm saying? You guys have been around for, you know, a decade now, but I think, I think personally, in the last five years, there's been a, a, a just... Things are not different. These things are different from five years ago. Of course, way different from ten years ago. But things are really different from five oh, years yeah. ago. So, 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 uh, with the onset and the rise of these other kind of services, did that affect how you guys decided to do stuff at Reverb Nation? No, it really hasn't. Um, just because, like I said, we're not really we're not really necessarily catering to fans on the site. Um, like Spotify is strictly uh, if all they do is. Um, you know, play your music and things like that, you know, streaming service. Um, we're not like that. We're actually, you know, we're giving artists the marketing tools. Um, we actually have a distribution component where we get your music on Spotify and, and iTunes and everywhere else, Amazon, um, all the other retailers as well. So we're, we're just an artist services company, not really a fan-oriented site. I mean, Spotify doesn't give the artists any tools, really, to market them, market, them, uh, you know, market the artists uh, like we do. Uh, and they have some things that you can do, obviously, but um, not you know they don't have email systems for the artists. They don't have press kits. Right. They don't create opportunities to play at festivals. We do. Right. That's we don't really compete. We don't really compete with them. Lou, Lou, listen, Lou. I'm, listen, you you pre- when it comes to what you're saying, you're preaching to the choir with me. But I need. I'm I'm glad that I, I had you on because I've had this conversation with so many people, and as recently as two years ago, I think it was maybe. I don't even think it was two years ago. What was that last? I was at the, uh, uh, I think it was the Gainesville Music Summit I was at. It was, it was, a, it was a summit uh, down in Florida. And someone asked, was, the question was, you know, I was a panelist. And the question was, you know, what do I think is the best service online uh, for artists to use? And I still said, you know, to this day, I still feel like Reverb Nation for what you can do with it if you do it right is one of the best. And people kind of jumped down my throat. And I was like, because they was like, what, man, that, man, that's played out, whatever. Like, what, what do you mean played out? What do you mean, what are you saying? <laughs> like, I'm like, I, because I, I think that, I have to tell you this. I think that 
even me, somebody who was actually really actively using Reverb Nation a lot years ago, even mm-hmm. I, even 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 I didn't understand how much it could really help. And I didn't even unlock all the tools until much later when I first came across it. And I think that's the big problem. And I don't think it's necessarily a, a problem with you guys marketing what you guys do because you have it right there, you know, plain, mm-hmm. plain as day. Uh, but I just think that, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the disconnect was, but I just think a lot of people just didn't understand fully. And I'm glad that you're here putting everything and breaking it down into context because you're right, Spotify, SoundCloud, none of these other services that play your music has these marketing tools built in. And I and, and you know what? I didn't know that you guys actually were going into the uh, distribution side where you guys actually get everything put on, um, you know, to the, uh, your aggregator. You're, right. like, you're getting the music distributed. I didn't know that either. That's kind of something yep. that, you know, I just found out right then because I haven't really been using it. I haven't used Reverb Nation as an artist nearly as much, you know, when I was actively out, you know, putting music out and doing albums and stuff like that. So um, that's really mm-hmm. good to know because we've got what you got CD Baby, you got TuneCore, uh, a couple other ones. You feel me? So it's good to know that um, there's another source and another option out there uh, for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what the, the, the thing is, it was really our fault at the very beginning. If you went to our homepage, all you saw was a bunch of charts and a bunch of you know featured artists. So right there, you kind of thought it was just another like MySpace. Right. So it was really our fault. We didn't really tell people. Today, um, it's, just, it's crazy that I'm on the call right with you right now because today we just changed the entire website. If you go to the homepage today, the very first thing it says, DIY shouldn't mean you're all alone. And it, it explains everything we do. So it's kind of like perfect time I'm on this call. Oh, great. Yeah. After, you... after 10 years, we finally made the change. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? Because, I, I, mean, I, I mean, listen, again, bro, I'm telling you, man, because... I... Because I've defended you guys in in, in, in in groups, in Facebook groups, and at panels and stuff like that, I'm just glad that you guys are actually taking that, making that particular move because I just feel like, you know, pound for pound, when you look at it and when you break down what does this quote-unquote website that's supposed to be for artists to get music out there, what do they do, it's really not even a close comparison as opposed to what everybody does um and opposes what service you services you offer to artists. But again, I think you right. are right about that. I will agree with you. The fact that you had it set up to look like you know charts and you know made all that people want to be the number one. If people were more about chart, worried more about placing on the Reverb Nation charts than they were about actually mm-hmm. you know getting uh, building up their uh, uh, press kit. A lot of people don't even have a press kit. You know, so that's probably one of the best features that you guys have is the actual way that you actually help them build a real press kit to make it look really nice. And you know, you kind of have it step by step. Yeah. And so many artists are out here sending, you know, sending me out a bio with a picture saying it's the press kit. It's completely ridiculous. But anyway, I want to move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got some questions, but I got one question. Let me see. Uh, from the uh, well, let me ask that that other question. That other question that uh, Blue Collar asked earlier: Are you guys doing sync licensing? Let's let's jump to that one first. Um, yeah, we do it in a couple of different ways. So we have a we we have a partnership with a music library called APM. Um, it's actually the world's largest music library. Um, so artists can go to their account and click on opportunities and then click on licensing. Um, and if their songs were chosen, because they're actually out there scouring our website, um, and they may, like most artists actually are invited. Well, not most artists. Most of the, well, most of the good artists, I should say, are invited um, to get their music in there and it's free to join. Um, but we actually seek you guys out. 
And so it's called 8 p.m. And we also have this new component, new division called the Weaver Nation Connect. And um, we have a partnership with uh, Centric, uh, uh, Centric in uh, Publishing and Picture, which does our licensing as well. So we have we have a couple of different teams working on it, and we're just doing pretty well. All right. Let me ask you another question from the teacher. Uh, let me see. Sure. Let's see. Uh, Kenise Taylor asked uh, on Facebook Live, how did he pitch the investors for his idea? What was the thing that made the investors say they wanted in as far as being a CEO, uh, building Reverb Nation? Oh, good question. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it was weird. I, I only had like a two page, um, like one, like basically like a one sheet, I call it a two sheet of uh, a business plan. It was nothing fancy. Um, it was just this idea I had back in 1999. And then a friend of mine hooked me up with that, my partners and said, you know, these guys are techno technology geniuses. Uh, they love music as well. Uh, let's get together. And I, I don't know the exact reason. Um, I think they just like the idea of being able to build software to help artists at that time. Um, you know, and we all agree software and reverb nation is not going to make anyone a superstar, um, but it just hel it helps you elevate to the next level. Then you're eventually going to need a team to really take you to the, the you know the superstardom level. Oh, hold, um, up. hold up, Lou. Hold so up, Lou, Lou. Yeah, I think Lou, that's Lou. Kind of, Lou, sure. Lou. Wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. I had to, I, I had to <laughs> hit my pump. Pump. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, Lou. And I got a, I got a really great question for you coming up, and I hope you can be able to handle it. See, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. What you just said is you can't you, you said it and you said it like uh, kind of sort of in passing. That was probably one of the most important things I could hear. Any this is the this is the person who owns who's a co-founder of one of, of a platform that has millions of subscribers. It's been around for 10 years. And even he just said, we're not going to make you a superstar. He openly just said that live on the air. This is being recorded, by the way. If you are listening on SoundCloud, mm -hmm. hit follow. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening live, I appreciate you. All right. Um, he himself has just said his platform is not built to make you a star. So why on God's green earth do people go to places like Reverb Nation or SoundCloud expecting for any of them to make you a star? You still need the team in place. You're still going to need the budget. You, it's just to help you. It's a tool. He just said yeah, it himself. Exactly. He's, he's not here to he's not going to make you a star. It's not what they do. They just help you. They're here to help and, and maybe and, and give you some uh, tools that you may not have. You may not have a real uh, electronic press kit. They have a tool on there to actually make you make a really nice looking one where you don't just start sending people. When you don't start emailing me in my inbox, yo, let me send you my press kit. Let me send you my EPK. And all it is is a picture of you with your bio and your MP3 attached. You feel me? Here's the thing. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. I, I, I had to pause right quick. And make sure I highlighted what the hell you just said, because they're gonna they're they're, they're a lot yeah, of, I mean, there are a lot of people who do far less than you, and they sell dreams as if they can make you a star. So it's important that I stop and and, and really highlight exactly what you just said. But go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just gonna say. I mean, you know, the things that we do that a lot of companies can't do, or that an artist can't do, is is our opportunity section, kind of like what you and I are doing with the radio. Right. Um, we have relationships with. You know, all the labels, not all the labels, but a couple dozen of them, um, all the a couple dozen festivals, actually a couple of hundred festivals, mm -hmm. you know, uh, an artist on, on the phone right now, they probably can't go to Bonnaroo and say, 
Um, I, I want a slot on the Bonnaroo Festival. Um, I'm, unless you have an agent and you've got a real big buzz going on. Um, but we can. So we go there. We get two slots on Bonnaroo. We get ten slots on Firefly. Um, you know, you, all the different festivals, you know, giant ones, a lot of small ones, local ones, regional ones. Um, artists can't usually do that on their own, but we're able to give access to the artists and to the industry. And same thing with the labels. So we have deals with everyone from Atlantic Records to Fearless to um, We Are Triumphant. I mean, there's just a, there's dozens of them. And, um, you know, we're just feeding them the best product. Every time we find something that's amazing, we just feed it right to them. And, you know, we don't even take a cut of it. We're just trying to get... Uh, our artists introduced to the industry, which is what most of the artists want. Even though some of them say they don't want it, they usually do want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. I got a really important question for you, and uh, I'm I'm addressing concerns. I'm addressing stuff with you, uh, Lou. Lou Plyer right here with uh, Reverb Nation, uh, co-founder of Reverb Nation right here live on K100 Radio. Uh, it's been really just giving some really great information about Reverb Nation itself and just, you know, the industry in general. I think that last point was just epic. Uh, I, I didn't want anybody. I didn't want it to go over anybody's head. Uh, also, before I ask you this question, though, uh, one of my other listeners, uh, C. Renee, who's actually a really great artist, like seriously, though, we've actually featured her on here. Uh, mm. <laughs> she's really good. Uh, um, she said that. Um, let me see. Well, she said first of all, she says most artists don't uh, really understand marketing. Uh, they think marketing and promotions is the same, and they think spamming is street license marketing and promotions. With that being said, uh, she, um. Would you consider at Reverb Nation doing a series of tutorials, video tutorials maybe, on how to effectively use the services and tools that you guys have? Because, and, I, and this is going to segue yeah. really great into my next question, because let's be frank, a lot of artists have no clue. No clue. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what marketing or anything about that, they just know they want to get their music out there. So uh, what do you say about that? What do you think about that idea? I, I think you're absolutely 100% correct. Um, that was another thing that Reverb Nation didn't, was, wasn't doing really a good job at, uh, is educating. So we had all these cool products, but we didn't really show you how to use them. Um, so now we do. We actually have a blog. If you go to the blog, um, there's like an educational series, like maybe two posts a week. Um, it might be with, uh, might be, it might even be non-Reverb Nation related. We might just have you know, um, a person who's an expert in mastering services or something like that. But we, we do have the videos. We do have videos on how to use all our tools at our YouTube channel. If you go to Reverb Nation's YouTube channel, okay. you'll find um, how to use the press kit, uh, how to use the promote, um, you know, promote on Facebook, things like that. All right. Uh, great answer. So you do have some of it. You do have it in place. Uh, I didn't even mm -hmm. know you guys had your own. Here's what I know. I'm over here trying to tell people to subscribe to our uh, YouTube, and I haven't subscribed to you guys because I didn't know it existed. So, it, listen, I'm learning too while I'm oh, here. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've got a lot of stuff going on over here, so sometimes a lot of stuff just escapes me. All right, so you guys have your own uh, YouTube uh, channel, and you have these these tutorials are accessible on that page, right? I'm right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, okay. She responded to that uh, on the uh, Facebook Live. Okay, next up, uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, who is this? Uh, Cali Six Cali Six One Nine Swag uh, checking in uh, and saying they're learning some stuff over here on Instagram Live. What's going on? All right, uh, this next question, Lou, maybe kind of touchy, but it's not really touchy. Not when you think about it, just a really great question. And um, I deal in, of course, as you well know, hip hop, R and B, urban music. All right, urban music, urban artist, mm -hmm. urban culture, life, the life of artists. Who come? Who 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 normally make uh, that kind of music? 
let's just be honest, uh, tends to be uh, vastly different from a lot of people who make uh, uh, metal, uh, rock, uh, you know, country, anything like that. Would you agree to that? Of course, in you know, different genres, different lifestyle, yeah. whole different lane. Um, yeah. I think one of the main sure. things that I one of the main things that I've seen, and I actually kind of felt like, I would say I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't say I would. 100% agree but I've actually looked at it like okay just the wording and the way some things may be put together on Reverb Nation um, is 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 set up to some of the lingo and everything is kind of set up to where it's kind of like speaking to bands speaking to uh, uh, rock acts uh, you know acts with bands and stuff like that and so uh, people who do rap and hip hop they feel like uh, they, they come on and they feel like I don't know man you know even though it's the same exact tools the same exact opportunities mm-hmm. everything do you feel that the the web that Reverb Nation works as well for hip hop acts as it does for let's say a rock and roll band I know you guys do a lot of festivals and you can get a lot of uh, people placed on a lot of festivals and stuff like that but how much of the of, 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 of your decisions that you make are actually considering that rap and rock are two totally different genres and the way they operate and the way that you can actually make and create a buzz is fairly significantly different, albeit the truth. Oh, yeah, no, definitely that's a great that's a great point. It's really, really hard since we we, we allow every genre on the site, mm-hmm. um, you know, rock, singer-songwriter, um, you know, classical, hip-hop, all that. So it is hard. So we basically speak one language, and it's being be professional. Um, we kind of just, you know, there's, there's no grammatical errors. There's a whole, it, hopefully we're saying something that everyone can understand. Um, you know, it might not be, um, you know, different types of uh, slang that like, uh, a, a metal band might say something completely different and they might not understand what we're saying on the website. Um, same thing with hip hop. They might not understand what we're saying on the hip on the website. Mm-hmm. But, um, so we just basically use the basic, you know, correct language that hopefully everyone can understand um because we have to we have to treat everybody the same right um you know we can't we can't have uh we can't be talking you know diabolical metal (laughs) (laughs) metal music um language all over the place um because it wouldn't actually be nice to the you know the singer songwriters be a little offended right (laughs) so and and, and, i I listen even even the person that asked you the question a minute ago uh see renee who i feel like to me, to me, she's a professional. Uh, she's very professional. Uh, she has great music and everything. But she said she's she said she's been on there, and she said it doesn't seem to be uh, opportunities for R and B. And here's my thing. I listen. This is something that I have to address because it's been a, to me just sitting in my seat. I've had these debates on social media, and I've seen this repeated by multiple people from multiple areas who don't know each other, and they've said that um, you know there's not a lot of opportunities for uh, R and B on there. A lot of not. And, and and I again, oppor- we're talking about the opportunities now. Now we're not talking about the services because mm-hmm. again, the, the 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 EPKs, the distribution, all that is what it is. That's that's just something that you 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 aggregate, you send it, and then you guys are going to do it no matter you know what the genre is going to go out to whoever you guys say is going to go out. But the actual opportunities that you guys find, uh, I guess, is what mm-hmm. she's saying that she doesn't see a lot of opportunities for an R and B artist on Reverb Nation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's correct. I mean, uh, not not done on purpose. Uh, I would love more. If you guys have any opportunities, send them my way, please. I love it. Um, but like on the on the festival side, I mean, the, the fact is that rock bands tend to tour more. Um, so there are there's just more to reach out to. Um, we've we've reached out to you know quite a few of the, the R and B hip hop related urban type uh, festivals. 
Um, and we've worked with a bunch. Um, we worked with A3C for a couple of years. Um, hopefully we'll work with them again next year. Um, I think they went with somebody else this year. I don't know. I'm not sure why, but uh-huh. I mean, I know those guys really well. And there's a couple There's a couple of other ones, but you're right. It's definitely lopsided, um, but we wish it wasn't. Um, I mean, that's something, believe me, if we had more opportunities on the R&B and hip-hop side, we'd be doing much better as a company. Um, so we would love to have more. It's just that it's there's we we just don't seem to have them for some reason. Um, part of it is because we don't have that the contacts. Maybe mm-hmm. um, you know uh, I'm trying to think where we would go about getting some of them. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's just hard to hard to appease everyone, I guess. But we would love it. I mean, it's, it's we have like half a million hip hop artists on the site, um, and you know we would love to help all of them out. Right. It just look better. Well, you know, it's telling that you just said that, you know, you got like, you know, what I think you say four million and, you know, half a million hip hop artists. And again, I've been one on there. So I understand, you know, uh, I don't think there's a, I, I definitely don't think that there is a lack of, re, of professionalism at all with uh, your platform. I think mm-hmm. your platform is built to do what you said it was built to do uh, earlier on the um, earlier when we, when we were talking about it. And, you know, you built it mm-hmm. to do a certain kind of thing. And, and a lot of artists come on there treating it as a music streaming service. And it's a it's a it's a it's an independent artist marketing uh, service platform where you can get services and help help, uh, you know, build up your brand awareness and other things. It's not just, you know, uh, for playing music. I got to tell you this, Lou, for a long time. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you like a real life scenario like with me, uh, which actually uh, would w- help me bring up another uh my question number six that I have listed on my list. I remember there was a point where you guys were really integrated with Facebook a couple of years back. You feel what I'm saying? And um, you mm-hmm. guys, it was really easy. It was really easy to just, you actually had like a whole little section on Facebook that was kind of tied in to Reverb Nation. You feel me? It was like, you know, yeah. like a sub. Still do. Yeah, like, yeah. So then it came about to where everybody was just really using apps. And for a while, it was just really hard to like stream my music from Reverb Nation on an on a phone on a cell phone. It was there was no there was no uh, uh, app that made it readily available. People had to actually kind of go to like the mobile web browser and hit play kind of sort of situation. And so, as an artist, mm-hmm. in order for me to quickly catch up with some of the people uh, who wanted to access my music, you know, my fans who were always like online and Facebook mobile and everything kind of start popping off. I actually started putting music on SoundCloud. Because SoundCloud was easier to play on the phone on, on mobile devices, right? So, which is why, which is why I started mm-hmm. focusing on pushing some of the SoundCloud music that I had uploaded. This is around 2000, and I want to say 11, which is around the time when my last album mm-hmm. came out uh, as, as 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 a real active artist. 2011, so, so some years back. Yeah. And um, I know you guys have changed since then. You know, uh, I actually I actually paid for your mobile app. I had my own artist mobile app with Reverb Nation. Which was great, which was one of my favorite oh, cool. features because before then it was kind of hard to get, you know, an app developed and, you know, people didn't understand all the jargon. So you guys made it really easy. So I had a, a Reverb Nation mobile app, you know what I'm saying, as an artist. Had all that stuff, bro. I had all that stuff, bro. Like, mm-hmm. so, but um, there was a shift in the way people consume music. And um, I felt like Reverb Nation was kind of moving a little bit slow to uh, jump over there to, uh, you know, making, every, making the music that's on Reverb Nation readily accessible and easy to play on mobile devices you feel me um you guys have addressed that yep. now right I, like i'm pretty sure you guys have you know oh yeah we're, we're totally mobile friendly right. we have um mobile friendly we have all the uh, reverb nation artist apps as well 
Um, and they do they do pretty well. Right. So 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 but I say all that to say this. The um the, the integration of of a service like uh, Reverb Nation with social media. Like how 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 high because I I feel like now you guys are less concerned about how you guys integrate with other social media entities and like you said you have focused more on you know the the human element the human side of actually creating opportunities outside of 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 the internet like physical opportunities for artists but how how high on the uh, uh, on the list of importance is the sheer integration of artists music and social media like instagram twitter whatever for artists you know with your platform because now it kind of seems like yeah, it's not really where you guys are, are at right now with it. You guys have definitely turned more into like an A&R company and a music licensing situation more so than mm-hmm. a place that people can find your music and play it on their phone. Or am I right or wrong about that? Um, You're partially right. I mean, but uh, I mean, there is, you know, artists can still talk to fans on the site. Um, so we're, we still have the whole social media aspect on the website itself. It's just not, you know, to, to stay in business, um, as a fan company, you need like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, I wish we had it, but we don't have that kind of money. Um, but we don't really want to compete with Facebook. It's just too big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like all the company. I mean, MySpace couldn't even handle it. You know, and they were they were MySpace. They, you know, SoundCloud. You know, you know. I'm not going to say anything about SoundCloud, but um, <laughs> you know, a lot of these companies are not going to be around by the end of the year. Right. Um, there's no money. There's, there's no there's no money to be made so they can't stay around forever um and and we just basically wanted to stick to our plans and say you know artists come first that's our mission mm-hmm. um and just you know try to create everything we can towards the artists to help them get to the next level help them get more fans not necessarily have their fans come to reverb nation ah uh, so again yeah right so the the, the 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 real shift in, in 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 I don't know I want to say you you said all you said already that was the core mission from from the gate so I don't want to say a shift in the mission but just I guess the way the comp the shift in the way the company is being branded and marketed I guess I would say is 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 where we're at right now with Reverb Nation as far as I, the way I look at it on the outside looking in and I guess that's the, that would be the uh, the last line I guess that would be the uh, signature confirmation of you know what exactly uh, the difference is from 2006 to 2017. Uh, before we go though, we run out of time. I got our next guest coming up, and this has been a really great conversation. Uh, what 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 new features and services uh, do you guys have coming up? Is there something coming down the pipeline that you guys are excited about that you haven't um, unrolled out yet that we should know about? Maybe you can give us a a little sneak preview and tell us what what may be coming. Um, we just rolled out this week uh, something called Marketplace. So now artists can go to the marketplace and get discounts on some of our preferred partners. Um, so if they want to print up some vinyl, they can get like 15% off. Uh, I don't know the exact, I don't know the exact percentages, but, um, we're, we're just, it's just, we're just testing it. If there's no reaction to it, then we might not go with it because we, we test everything out before we go you know, full on with it. Hmm. Um, that's, that's the one thing, the marketplace. It's kind of cool. Uh, uh, vi- uh, it was, in the, it's, it's, you think there's enough people out there for you to actually really just go ahead and jump in, j- jump back into vinyl is vinyl. Is that, is that. Is that really a thing still? Like I, I saw it kind of saying it's making a resurgence because of the nostalgic feel of it, but that's kind of interesting that you guys are actually considering uh, diving over well, there. Well, no, vinyl. we're not. 
we're not actually doing it. We're partnering with vinyl manufacturers, so we, uh-huh. we don't want to actually do any of this work ourselves. So we're just, um, we'll, we'll find one or two vinyl manufacturers mm-hmm. who've got, you know, really credible, um, really good, you know, really good people, um, good products, and then we'll let them basically, it's almost like putting an ad up on our site and let the artist go get a nice big discount for it. Um, but it's not just ma- it's not just vinyl. It's uh, PR services, mastering services, um, and we'll expand it if, if it works out. If there's a lot of uh, engagement, we'll probably expand it into a lot of other things. Okay, great stuff. So real, uh, I guess I guess in parting, uh, we got our next guest coming up. Should be on the line in a minute. Um, uh, uh, oh, Leah sure. Ewing with uh, Music Queen uh, Publishing, and we're going to ask her some specific questions about what she do. Where's where where are you at as as being someone who was um, at one point working at the major labels at Atlantic uh, and actually coming full circle to creating uh, a platform that's here to help artists? Uh, what do you feel is the state of the industry right now? Like, what what should any artist any artist be looking to do? Are are, are you a proponent of hey you know um, don't sign a three hundred and sixty? Are you for three hundred and sixties? What 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 is your whole um, thoughts on the industry right now and, and, and just give me any any parting words for independent artists that you feel uh, any advice that you can give them no matter the genre it, when it comes to uh, the next moves or the moves they should be making when it comes to uh, furthering their career outside of using Reverb Nation sure um, I mean I think the one thing artists have to realize right now is we do not live in an ownership world anymore we live in a in listenership world um, they're going to be paid on listens and views, they're not going to be paid on ownership of you know CDs and downloads. You know, that that ship has sailed, unfortunately. Uh, it's sad, but it's not going to come back. I mean, a lot of people keep saying that's the future. Streaming is the future. Well, streaming is the now. <laughs> um, so I think that's really important. I think one of the important marketing pieces. I think that was your second question. Is um, probably playlisting. Um, just marketing music on playlists. This playlist has become. You know, a huge factor on getting the word out to uh, for for artists to get new fans. Hmm. I guess that's it. Would you do? Would Would you guys curate a playlist on another platform? Would Would there be a Reverb Nation's top hip hop on Spotify? Maybe. Uh, good question. I came up today. Um, we're not sure. We We need to work on a few things. So we also have our own app called Discover. Um, we have an app called Discover, and that's our all the artists that have been picked on a lot of selections, on opportunities, um, a lot of the artists that have been um, you know, vetted through our A&R department, we have them on this app called Discovery. And if you if you watch this, if you sorry, if you download the Discover app, you'll hear like the most amazing music. Um, it's just such good music out there that no one's ever heard of, because uh, a lot of these artists just don't have the funding for it or the team behind it. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if we would put it on uh, our own playlist on Spotify because it might compete with our own app. Right. Um, but we might. You know, we'll, we'll something, something to talk about. Will, will, will that Discover app have a section for hip hop, a section for R and B, or and not just the top? Oh yeah, totally. Information? Right. Yeah. That's a good question. Because, Absolutely, totally. I mean, you know, hip hop is really important to us because some of the biggest artists in the hip hop world started their careers. On Reverb Nation, like Mac Miller, he, the first thing he did when he started was put a put up a page on Reverb Nation. I think it was the Trump song. I can't remember what it was. Um, Kevin Gates, same thing. I mean, he started on Reverb Nation like 10 years ago, eight years ago, um, before anyone ever heard of him. So, it, you know, hip hop is really, really important to us. We just have to get more opportunities for them. All right. 
Well, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate your time. Luke Lyer right here. Thank you. The co-founders with Reverb Nation. All right. I know you. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to. I, I don't know what kind of information or contact information or anything that you want to directly give out. But uh, any information you want to give out as far as uh, contacting you or maybe there's someone that has uh, a stage or, or, you know, something like that, that if they want to contact you and they want to help you build another opportunity for artists to have another outlet for hip hop or anything like that. Any information you want to give out as far as contacting you, as far as that goes, how does someone, I know you said you was, uh, you guys were looking for more hip hop opportunities. How would somebody yeah. reach out to you guys for that? Um, I'll give you my email address. It's, um, I'm pretty open about it. It's, uh, L Playa, P L A I A at ReverbNation.com. Or, or, or if you like Twitter better, it's, Lou Playa, it's at Lou Playa, at L-O-U-P-L-A-I-A. All right. Thank you for rocking with us, man. We really appreciate it. Again, you guys, make sure you check out the K100 Radio Opportunity Live right now on Reverb Nation. If you're an artist over there, make sure you rock with it. And again, like I said, man, Reverb Nation is is not a SoundCloud. It's not a Spotify. It's actually a service to help you, and it actually has tools to help uh, help you with marketing. And, you know, we, we got a lot of that cleared up right here on this segment. If you missed any of this conversation and you had any questions about it, I highly suggest that you guys go back and check out SoundCloud and our YouTube page. Lou, man, it's been great. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Really appreciate it, man. All right. Take care. For sure. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, K100 Radio, we're live right now. We want to make sure that we get... Um, Back to where we're going. This is the MICC Music Industry Conference call. Uh, I want to thank um, uh, Lou Playa, who uh, is Re- uh, Reverb Nation, um, for uh, coming through and um, being our first guest uh, of the night. All right, next up, I think I see my next guest on the line right now. I want to make sure this is her, y'all. Let me check in. Uh, Thalia? Am I saying that right? Thalia? I'm here. All right. Hello. I, I said your name right. Thalia, right? That's right. You said it's perfect. Absolutely All right. correct. All right. Let's get into it, you guys. Yeah. You are tuned to the K100 Radio Hip Hop and R&B. Shots fired. We're live right now K100 Radio. And I'm going to bring on my next guest. This is the MICC Music Industry Conference Call right here on K100 Radio. This is where we... Uh, have special guests on uh, who specialize in different fields. We just had Lou Playa, one of the founders of Reverb Nation, on uh, for our first guest. This is our second guest of the night, Thalia Ewing. Welcome to the broadcast right now. Hey, a music, hey. a music queen publishing, and um, she does a, a plethora of things. Uh, go ahead real quick and formally introduce yourself to the people, if you don't mind, ma'am. No, I don't mind at all. Hello, everybody. My name is Thalia Ewing, a.k.a. The Music Queen, owner of Music Queen Publishing. I specialize in publishing and publishing administration, but I am also a uh, music business education advocate. Uh, always want to help the independent artists get information and knowledge to help them uh, better uh, in their career and their journey as they, you know, create music and uh, go about releasing it to the public and just being aware of the right things to do and uh, what not to do so that they can avoid some mistakes and pitfalls and things like that. So I'm just an all-around independent artist, advocate, and music publishing specialist. All right. Now we got some real good questions lined up for you. Trust and believe. You know what I'm saying? Um, music Queen, uh, themusicqueen.com, T-H-E, M-U-Z-I-Q 
T-H-E-M-U-Z-I-Q Queen, themusicqueen.com. That's the website. Let me just gotta give you guys a real quick list of the services. And these are going to kind of, these, these services uh, are basically what shape and mold uh, some of the questions that I have uh, for the lovely Talia Ewing right here on K100 Radio. Um, let me see. Uh, of course, I want to make sure I shout out the homie uh, Mugs a Million who actually paired us up and had her uh, get had her invited on the uh, show. Again, please send a prayer out to the homie Mugs and pray for his mom. He had to go out of town on an emergency to check on her, and that's why he's not on the line with us right now. So if you guys are wondering why Mugs a Million isn't co-hosting this segment with me uh, like he normally is, he has some uh, family emergencies, and uh, we just want to have everybody who's praying, folk, to send up a prayer. And shout out for his moms up there. All right. Absolutely. Uh, so let me tell you some Absolutely. of the some of the, some of the services that Music Queen Services offers. And this is again, this is where I based some some of the questions that I got for you uh, tonight. So it Great. says uh, personal music publishing consultation, copyright registration with the U.S. Copyright Office, catalog registration with ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, global royalty collection, distribution, accounting, and administration. Foreign sub-publisher negotiations, drafting and analyzing songwriter agreements, negotiation and drafting of co-writer, co-publisher, and work-for-hire agreements, negotiations of deals and terms, and agreements with publishing, records, and production companies, negotiation and licensing of your music to third parties, sample use clearance, songwriter, publisher, artist, and record company research, song clearance and license fee negotiation, music supervision, all right, uh, clearance and licensing of copyrighted music and recording for film and production, very important. All right, uh, supervision of recording sessions and a couple other things. But those are some of the, those are where I got some of the questions that I got lined up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm you. Sure, got a, yeah. A lot of stuff to cover. Shall we start? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Lil Ewing, Music Queen Publishing. All right. Again, 347-934-0966. That is the number to dial into the show. Welcome, everybody that's listening to us live. If you're listening to us live on TuneIn Radio, iTunes Radio, or if you have downloaded our mobile app or at k100radio.com, we welcome you. We appreciate it. If you're listening to this after the fact on SoundCloud, please hit follow. And YouTube, please hit subscribe. Shout out to my Facebook crew, my Facebook crew checking in, and also Instagram Live. I'm getting a lot of hearts over here. People are loving the, loving the information that we're giving out. All right. First of all, first question. Uh, who are your main clients, artists or producers? Uh, I want to know what everything that you have going on as far as clearing samples, uh, all this kind of stuff that you have going on in your repertoire. Uh, what are some of your main clients? Right. Are they artists or producers? And, and and what is the difference in dealing with the two? Right. Um, so mostly my clients are songwriters and producers. Um as far as publishing goes, songwriters, they write the songs for, you know, artists. So um, it's my job to make sure that the writers I work with are constantly writing, building up their catalogs so that they have content and material that's available to be pitched and licensed for various things. And uh, the same thing with producers. So uh, we try to set up writing sessions where we put certain writers with certain producers try to switch it up to get different sounds, different, you know, uh, ideas, and just help writers build up their content. Now, artists uh, naturally are writers as well because a lot of them do write their own music, but the approach is slightly different in uh, an artist because they're usually creating content for a specific project or something that they're, you know, getting ready to put out. 
for for a specific reasons. Songwriters are just writing songs, you know, in general, just to build content and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working, when I'm working with a writer, it's it's to help them build up catalog, catalog, catalog. And when I'm working with artists, it's to kind of make sure they already have their content. So it's to make sure that it's when when they are ready to release it, we're going to properly make sure it's registered with all the PROs. And that, you know, whoever they've worked with on the project, if it's another co-writer or a producer, I can help them with work for hire agreements and, you know, that kind of thing to make sure that everything is clear, that they have all the rights for the project, that they can go and do what they want to do freely with it without having to, you know, get permission from the co-writers or the producer or things like that. So it's just a, 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 a varying way to approach uh, the services depending on your needs, but we can help everybody. All right. Uh, a couple of interesting things that you said, because you made a, a clear, dist- and, and I don't think people do this enough. And even when I go to music conferences or whatever, it's like artist, 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 artist. Nobody never just makes the clear distinction between artist and songwriter. They always want to lump everything right. the same with songwriters and artists. And they are, they're hugely different. And, they're, they're just it's not the same it's not the same thing. Different. yeah right right everything is handled it's differently it's yeah I, I noticed off the top that you made that distinct difference uh which is a good thing because i'm always kind of side-eyeing people when they just kind of treat them the same and lump them all together like hmm really you know what i'm saying well and, you because know. yes because the artist is you know what is normally seen that's what's out front that's what you know generates the fan um so so it's the personality so it always tell you know artists that when if, when you're getting in this business the artist is the hardest job to do because it's not just about the music it's about your look it's about your presentation you know it's about that it factor it's all of those things combined when you're a songwriter your look doesn't matter you, your weight doesn't matter you know it's about your craft and 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 the song at the end of the day so that's why there's that big distinct difference and that's why there's so much emphasis on the artist because there's so much involved and that's the product that's what you see you know as far as the 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 public is concerned right so um but the the songwriter is very important um and a songwriter the way they get attention is by their catalog you know you cannot write three songs and they could be the best songs in the world but that's not going to get it. You have to have a catalog, you know, 50, 70 songs that when a publisher and, and I guess you could try to say an artist seeks to be signed by a record label and a songwriter seeks to be signed by a publisher. Um, that's the kind of, you know, basic way to kind of put it. And if you're a writer and you want to get the attention of a publisher, the way you're going to do that is by content, your catalogs. You know, what kind of do you have love ballads? Do you have pop songs? You know, what what kind of variety of music do you have in your catalog that is going to appeal to a publisher that they can use in a variety of ways so that they can pitch to a variety of different artists for a variety of different things? And licensing opportunities for commercials and TV okay. and film and background views. Let so me, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Let, let, let me. Okay. Here's the thing. Someone someone on Facebook Live said, "Can you put publishing in layman's terms 
for artists. That 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 that. Yeah. Let, let me but let, let me expound on that. I want you to you you can answer that for me. Okay. But let me also expound a little bit because here's where everything goes crazy, and a lot of people just don't understand. And even even people who who've been in the industry for years, you just said, okay, get your catalog up, and and we can and we can shop this song to let's say uh. Uh, someone is doing TV for licensing, or or get or get it paired up with a a, a a label who has artists or whatever. When you're writing songs, the 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 thing is, you have pure natural songwriters who can write songs without without music. They can come up with melodies in their head and whatever. But how do you shop? Unless are you getting people to demo these songs first? What do you are you shopping pure lyrics? Yes. What is it that you're having? That, that that's no, the part that we need to make sure that we get everybody understood. That, that we need to make right sure. no these are yes absolutely great question no when i'm shopping i'm shopping a full-on song so you know there is a dilemma that a songwriter has you know a notebook full of lyrics and melodies and harmonies um but they may not have an outlet to get it into song format so you know i try to do my best to pair a writer that's on the roster with a producer that's on the roster and that way they can curate a full-on song there's music to the the lyrics and then we will demo it you know mix master it full-on out like like a song and then it's at a quality to where we feel comfortable to pitch to an A&R or to a music supervisor you know or whatever the case may be but yeah if I come if you have the 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 lyrics and things written down or you have all of that we are wanting to get it in a song format you know from the paper to a product right so so herein lies you know and i'll I'll let you answer the other question real quick uh which is can you explain publishing to uh uh in layman's terms for artists um right i I like to i like to think that people who are listening to this broadcast i don't want to take anything for granted or anybody who's paying attention right now that they automatically assume that but so i won't i don't want you to dive too far into that right right but 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 right it's really important that people understand that that. i get that yeah yeah but go out go ahead and real quick just just kind of really quick break it down for somebody who should know this but don't know this but you should know in 2007 right no no right so you know publishing is dealing with per se the intellectual property of the recording um that is the lyrics the harmony the melody the the i guess you want to call it the intangible stuff um you know when when there's a song and and a record label puts that or whoever releases it there's the master which is the actual you know recording the finished product with the the that person's vocals or whatever on it uh there's that master portion of it and then there's the the words and the the music that makes that up and so that is uh, where publishing comes in to uh, take care of the rights of the intellectual property the lyrics and the music aspect of it not the actual recording so that's where I guess if you want to put it a cover song if you wanted to sing a Whitney Houston song you know um you're you're in a sense creating a new master because you're going to re-record uh it's not her vocals it's your vocals so you you know it's your master but those words are someone else's and that's where kind of publishing comes in is to protect the words and the melody and the harmony uh of the song the intellectual property therefore so um there's 
two uses. So you mentioned earlier in my services, you know, um, clearing of a sample. You know, um, you when you get something cleared, you have to get two permissions. You have to get the master use permission mm-hmm. and the publishing permission. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to use the actual uh, recording value of it, that's the master aspect of it. Okay. So ho- hopefully everybody, and I know you've heard these terms, so when artists talk about, oh, they got my master's or, you know, uh, Jay-Z, you know, got his master's back from... Uh, uh, the Rock, Rockefeller's deal and things like that. That's what that means. He is the one who owns those recordings. So, you know, when you're an artist and you sign a record deal, mm-hmm. normally in that deal, you're signing over your master. So whatever is created during the time that you're assigned to that label, the label owns the master. Right. Those recordings. So when you there leave, you don't leave with your recording. Right. You know, you can go do something else, but um, the recordings, but here's the loophole and how a lot of artists get around that um, is they will leave and then go re-record the same song under their own label, and then you have a new master. Does that make sense? Is that legal? Yes, that's very legal. Hmm, Interesting. Yes, huh. yes, that's very legal because they, they, you know, it, they have the, the one master, but you then own a new master. So you're almost essentially covering yourself. It would be no different than someone singing a Whitney Houston song, you know. Uh, and if you wrote the song, then you already own the publishing aspect of it. And so you're now getting paid twice because you own your publishing and now you own your master. As well, Break. because you re-recorded it. Okay, now I didn't know that that was legal. I would, I, it would, it would seem because it, once the song is okay, if the if the, the who, who, what about who owns the copyright on that? What about who holds the copyright to that actual well, to, to that melody to that, right. to that to those lyrics in it? You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times, uh, artists right. may be registered with the PRO and they may have the publishing, but the, the actual copyrighted work. If you go back and reproduce that lyrically, uh, word for word, and you know, melody by melody, isn't that copyright infringement or not? Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. The the artist would have to own the copyright of the lyrics. Oh, okay. They couldn't, uh, you know, so if they have their own, if they own the lyric portion of it, but they were signed to a record deal but the record deal you know when they put them in the studio and paid for the producer to come in and pay for all of this that recording then belongs to the label but the words are yours so you can go take the words and you know recreate uh, the song again uh, because it's now a new master use and so the and that's uh, done a lot especially uh, in music supervision um, music supervisors will say, hey, can you cover, you know, this Patti LaBelle song or such and such song because it's easier to just clear the publishing side sometimes than it is to clear the publishing and the master side. Hmm. So if you just got somebody that can just re-record it and then you just get the license for the use of the lyrics, then you're good. And that's a, a cheaper expense, you know, than paying for the, for the actual use of the of the master as well hmm. which brings me to sampling with producers um you know if that's very important for a producer to take into consideration if they're using a sample 
um, because you're going to have to get permission from the label who owns the master and the people who own the publishing, and they're going to take a piece of the publishing. Hmm. So, you know, just food for thought, and I'm not saying don't sample, but it can definitely eat up away at your profits if you do use it. And that's that, and that's that's some of the questions that I had lined up for you. You kind of jumped and right into it, uh, but I guess I'll start. I'm with this sorry, one. you know, I get the, I get the, I get the <laughs> okay. going and it's okay. Uh, I got one, I got another, uh, but I got a couple of specific questions that I wanted to ask you anyway. So, um, uh, uh, exactly where do you, if you're an artist or even you as a person who uh, is a go-to or I guess a, a, a solicitor, I guess you you would say. Um, exactly where and how do you find or contact music supervisors for, you know, really for projects, for, for TV, the music supervisor for Miramax? How are you, how are you, con- because here's the thing, and, and, and I, I, I have, I, I've, I've been trying to figure this out myself. This is, this is like a direct question coming from me personally, because, <laughs> no, seriously, because I have an enormous catalog of music. Right, that I own. I own my masters. Okay. I produced all. I produced uh, a lot of the music myself. If I don't, if I didn't produce it, then I'm actually really still friends with uh, people. I have split sheets. I have everything in play. I have like maybe 300 songs, like sitting on and that that are wow. that, that that I have in my catalog. And um, mm-hmm. as, as as someone who who isn't an active artist anymore, I still feel like they, they, these are all great songs that I can actually still do something with. They could fit a lot of movie scenes. Here's my thing. I have two. I've right. I've, I've run into two situations. Uh, a, I've, I've re- I came to realize that d- directly contacting music supervisors are pretty much out of the question because they only want to deal with publishing houses. Problem is, or people or people that they have personal relationships with, and we're talking about music that don't even have samples. We're talking about original production and stuff. But the other problem I, I, I came across is okay, let's say um, the, the 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 music supervisor for Miramax or. Or or uh, Netflix or uh, Netflix or whatever, they, you know they're looking for music. Um, they they they're they're gonna go to a trusted source, but that trusted source is some publishing house, some some obscure publishing house or whatever. How are you how are you getting the information to get it to exact the exact publishing houses, the publishing companies that they're actually uh, pegging for the music, or if on the off chance they are literally one of those music supervisors. Who will literally take a direct connection without going through their trusted source? How are you even connecting with these people? This is a very, this is a, this this situation is very difficult, especially for hip hop artists because while you have old services from back in the day, like when you could say Taxi or all these other stuff that that claim they could actually uh, take your song and put it in front of people who actually making decisions. You know what I'm saying? At, at the Sci-Fi Net, all these cable channels. You got you got TNT, Sci-Fi Net, all these places, Netflix. Then you got all these movie companies. You got all these independent people coming up in Georgia, especially right here in Atlanta. All these film production companies. But nobody can seem to tie in exactly a, a viable source where really great independent artists who do own their masters, who do make music, who, whose music is mixed and mastered properly, ready to go. They've got everything together. This one spot where people can actually go and find it for hip-hop artists. I've come to find out that that is a huge disconnect and a huge problem. Maybe you can help me with it. I, I'm definitely trying to help you. That is one of my, you know, goals. I, I recognize that void as well. 
Um, so me and my partner, that's, a, you know, part of our mission. We're uh, trying to build catalogs to be able to pitch for, you know, the urban music community just just for that. Um, so to go back to your original question of how do you do that, it's, it's, it's difficult, um, very difficult. The research in itself is just astronomical. And you ask how I do it, so, and this is no BS, this is real life, it's no different than I will literally watch TV of a show I like, the end credits, see who the music supervisor is, write that name down, and research. And find out what company they work for, you know, get an email address, and try to build a relationship. It is very difficult to do that. I will, I'm, it's not anything that's easy. I go to conferences and shake hands of music supervisors, tell them, you know, I'm a publisher, I have a catalog, uh, we specialize in, you know, urban pop uh, music and, you know, and, and just try to build. It, it's just really that. that, that's really all it is. It's, it's nothing, Special, you know, it's just a matter of uh, the due diligence of research and finding those names. And, you know, and, and I just try to go with shows that I watch. Okay, mm. I'm, I'm watching this show or that show. Let me research who the music supervisor is. Or as I'm watching the show, I'm listening. The other thing is you have to know your catalog and what shows it's going to work for. If you're a hip-hop show, you can't pitch to Grey's Anatomy. That's just not, you know what I mean? That's right. just not... How that's gonna gonna work so you need to find you know the shows that are gonna your music is gonna work in you're gonna need to research those names uh find out what uh and and the thing about music supervisors they have to audition for jobs as well too mm -hmm. it's, it's you know they they have to have a, a a track record of being able to get stuff done and cleared in a timely manner and things so i i know that and like you say uh try to find catalogs where i don't have to find somebody that has to chase down splits they already got the split sheet i won't even consider a song delivered until i have the lyrics the bpm the key the 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 split sheet the publishing information and it's registered that's when a song is technically delivered to a publisher because they need all that information in order to make the pitch and, you know, because what if you get a hit? They're going to want it in two, three days turnaround sometime. All right. I don't have me... time to go back to the producer. Okay. Hold on. 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 Now we're, now we're getting, now we're getting to where um, artists are, are, artists, this is where artists are failing at. Right. And it took me, a yeah. minute, it took me a minute to understand that part of it. Whereas, you know, like, even though I said I've got 300 songs, which is true. There's only about 50 of them that I have literally everything for. You feel what I'm saying? Because some, right. of, them, some of them were right. done, you know, with, with, you know, you know, in situations where I just don't have access to everything. So there's about 50 of them that have everything done. But then I've got all these right. other things. Now, now, now I'm also a producer. So beyond the songs I've got done, I've got five times that in just tracks, just beats. Right. Okay. Just empty tracks with right. no lyrics and nothing right. on them. Right. I've got five. I got hard drives full of tracks that are not right. necessarily um, 
rapper tracks or whatever. They, they could just be melodies and instrumentals for whatever. What about those? How are we, right. how are we getting that, those placed that, and how are we getting those into the faces of commercials and TV people and music people? Music absolutely. Absolutely. So that's called production music. Uh-huh. And there are production music houses. Uh, Warner has its own production music division. Mm-hmm. And that's all they deal with is that kind of just instrumental track. The thing is, is that there is a craft to creating that music, too. It's not just, you know, an instrumental beat. You have to think about it like, okay, this is only going to be used maybe 15 to 30 seconds. Right. How I make it, you know, memorable within 15 to 30 seconds. You know, you don't have a minute or you know however long the song is to to get your point across right. musically in that so you know if there's a slight you know difference in in the approach just like i would tell an artist you know and a songwriter so when you're creating production music it's just not the point of having an instrumental beat you know it's about what is that instrument saying with or the the instrumental saying within 15 to 30 seconds Right, right, and right. can it be captioning? You know, you get what I'm saying there. Yeah, no, I totally um, understand that part. And, like, if you make a song about weed, and in the hook you're talking about how 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 much you smoke, and then some music supervisors making a movie like Friday, you know what I'm saying, or something like that, and the theme is about somebody yeah. who smokes a lot. Boom, you got it. You're good. No, that that yeah. that's things like that. Yeah, yeah, I get that, but still, I still it's I was just trying to address in the void, for- the void where. Where do I send? We we've got. That's why we have you on the line, right? That's why we have Music Queen Publishing, right. all right? Music Queen Publishing, themusicqueen.com. Make sure you guys go over there and check it out, all right? And, and make sure you connect with the sister because what I what, what I still feel is you may you like. Okay, let me ask you this before I even say that because I don't want to confuse people. Do you pitch and try to place music with artists who are not? Um, they have to pay for your service, right? You have a service. You, what you do is a service. So if they haven't paid you to do this, then you're not going to literally go out and spend your time, you know, pitching this music, even if it's right, wrong, perfect, exactly, whatever. You're, you're not going to do it because, right, this is what you do for a, a job, for, for a service, right? So so artists have to right, basically right. Um, use your service and pay you for the service in order for you to, in order to give you access to, in order to give them access to all the uh, people that you have connected with, right? That's how it works, right? Right, right. Okay, right, right. But right. you're but, pitching but, service, yeah. right, right. But you're one person, right? Here's the thing: even if you work 24 hours tirelessly, it, it, there is so many shows, content, and shows and movies and stuff coming out. There should be thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people like you. And you should all be inundated and flooded with music because it's that much music out. And now with cable being 800 channels and Netflix and Hulu and movies, there's no way there's no way that every now and again I run across a person who's doing it. And even if you wanted to, you couldn't even do probably one-tenth of a tenth of the fraction of music out there or shows that are looking for it. So my thing is... Right. Why is why is there not more of you, more services like you? Why is there not this hub where people can find this stuff that's 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 done the right way? We talking about artists. I'm talking about artists who have the masters, who have the publishing done. The music is mixed. They've got the sheets. There's still not. There's still nowhere for them um, to go. Sid, 
I, I will agree. There's there's no, I guess, boutique service or personable service, or maybe there are um, like mine, you know, but they're, they're the services that are out there for sure. And, you know, there's plenty of pay for play. There's like, you know, music x-ray and uh, hit license I know, and use, broadband, uh, oh taxi, you know, that, that, that I will. I mean, they're all out there. I don't. I don't like to deal with those sites and things. But you know, they are a good reference to see what's at least being looked at, so you can know what to tailor your your stuff to. You know, because if they're asking for a high uh, cinematic type sounds, you know, to go in a sci-fi movie, uh-huh. you know, and, and your catalog isn't isn't with that maybe there's an opportunity there and like i said i use them things too like i will look at that to see what's out there so i can know okay what's being looked for Uh and i will try to see if i can research on the back end who this company really is and i will try to backdoor the situation instead of going through this service and um same with advertising agencies you know i'll look up who's done a sprite ad in the last some odd years and uh-huh. try to find that company you know it's just it's just a matter of research um and i w- and there are you know there's the music supervisors guild so just like there's you know the songwriters guild and uh-huh. the actors guild you know you just have to submerge yourself in their world there are they are out there you just have to plug yourself into that atmosphere basically go to film festivals you know right. wherever you I'm sure Atlanta has an Atlanta Film Festival. Nashville has a you know Film Festival, LA Film Festival. They That's do. where you're gonna meet these people that do this kind of stuff. So I, someone asked me because I, you, you probably can't look. You, I'm pretty sure you can't look at the live feed. But when you mentioned Music X-Ray and Taxi, I just shook my head. So someone on my Facebook live feed asked me, you know, uh, what's wrong with Music X-Ray? And I, I'm gonna answer them while I got you on the line. Maybe you can chime in. There is nothing necessarily okay. wrong. There's I don't feel like. She even, uh, Thalia Ewing just said that she actually goes over there and looks at the opportunities and stuff and kind of sees what's going on. And I'm not saying that they're not valid or whatever. What I'm saying is, again, that that, that you, you're going to pay them or whatever, but they're not necessarily. I, I don't. A, I have. I, I don't have enough testimonials from people who from from hip hop right. artists from hip hop artists who've really gotten placements through them. Now, them. I'm pretty sure there are some out there, but. Considering the amount of shows, considering the amount of people that that use that site, considering the amount of music that's out here, and considering the amount of opportunities they profess to have, I just haven't heard enough testimonials. So I'm just like, yeah, but I don't know anybody that's that that has that has ever worked for personally, and I and I know a lot of people. No, I I I I totally agree. <laughs> I personally do not believe in pay for play. Like, you know, um, what I do is a service. You know, I'm not paying you to submit your music. Do you see the difference? Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I, you're going to talk to me. We're going to, we're going to develop a relationship. I'm, I may not even want to take you on as a client. I may not feel the catalog is anything, you know, worth me t- touching. Right. So, you know, so it's not that, okay. Uh, there's this opportunity pay five dollars to even be considered that that's not how I'm operating so that's where kind of the, the difference is and I don't, I don't I don't like that I don't like 
having to pay just to get some information, you know, but like I said, I will go to see, okay, what's this company name? Let me research this company. Let me see what they're talking about. Are they really legit? Is there a, a, a number I can call? Let me, let me try to backdoor the situation. And right. that is a lot of due diligence and a lot of work. And, you know, a lot of people, creatives and things just don't have the time, the, the effort, the energy to do that. But that's what I that's what my specialty, what my job is to do, is to do that. So that's why I go there to look to see what's being researched. It's just research. Right. You know, a lot I'm of research. Just doing research. I'm doing research. Right. Right. Yeah. So th- that, 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 that I just wanted to I wanted to personally address, you know, why I felt like that about um, yeah, that I, particular I service. Just don't <laughs> like, yeah, I just I just don't like pay for play. If it's if it's good then and i feel i can do something with it then i'm gonna get my money when i get it you know licensed or you know something to that effect right but doing this research you know that's what kind of you're paying for you know when you pay for my services you're paying for me to do that due diligence and hopefully something will pop off because there is no guarantee and i'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be in a position where I do my due diligence and we just couldn't make it happen, but I wasn't compensated for my due diligence. Right. So, um, you know, um, so I want people to feel like, you know, if they come to me, it's going to be fair uh, for what they get. And, you know, you're dealing with a person, you're not dealing with a site that you, you know, can only, you know, click and, do something like that and you just giving somebody money without knowing who they really are what kind of opportunities they really got going on you don't know if they the intern nine times out of ten it's not anybody that's gonna make any real decisions right you know that kind of stuff so i'm just not a fan of pay for play and on anything on anything but i am a fan of hustling grinding and and networking and putting in that effort into getting to know those right people all right that's what i am a fan of Right, me too. Uh, we're live right now. Thalia Ewing uh, at the Music Queen on social media. Someone's asking about asking for your contact info. Uh, if you go to our, if you're on Instagram Live, just go to our page and look at uh, the MICC Music Industry Conference call, and then find the uh, post that we did about this, and her info is right there. So that'll save you a lot of time. Um, and uh, I, I asked her a specific question about music publishing, and you know these sumps, these. Uh, services specifically taxi music x-ray who uh claim to be able to actually get your music placed or whatever you pay them and i've just again and in and, and, and even when i do see i'm a in agreement with you yeah 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 even I've when i do see a testimony yeah having any success stories either right I, yeah. I, i've not heard of that either exactly um and i have a lot of producers man 30 minutes goes by super fast um my producer friends are going to <laughs> Yeah, because we only got 10 minutes left. My producer friends are going to hang me out if I don't ask you this specific question uh, because some of them are asking uh, and wanted me to make sure we get into uh, samples and clearing samples. Uh, so I got to make sure yes. I, uh, I got to make sure that I actually uh, talk about that at least for these last 10 minutes because, you know, I hear about that if I don't for my uh, for my listeners. Okay. Um, so okay. so, so okay. It, it, it seems as though it's um, it seems as though it's uh, getting harder to clear samples, you know, uh, in hip hop, especially, it seems like a lot of the people are are not uh, okaying that because of the decline in sales. Uh, you know, uh, wh- wh- what do you feel right now as far as uh, sampling uh, music? Like, you know, the, some people are saying, "Man, listen, sampling is is definitely going to make it harder uh, for you to get your music uh, placed 
you know, in, in, in film or TV because they don't know if it's really been cleared and it's a whole bunch of extra paperwork they just don't want to even go through. So right now, samples and, and sampling and producers, what do you got to say to producers when it comes down to, uh, really, you know, the, the long game? I've always, yeah, I've, I've always lived by the motto, sample free is the way to be. That's just from a publishing personal standpoint, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's, it's, it's just my feeling, like, just because of that, the headache. Number one, you're eating into your piece of the, of the pie, the publishing pie. And, you know, I've worked in the music business for a while, and I've seen what Sample does to that. Now, I can specifically recall UGK's last album, it was a double album um, right after Tennessee got out of jail. And um, I think it was called UGK for Life. And it was two CDs. And it was sample heavy. And I want to say it on, on at least 50% of the songs, the sample took 100% of the publishing. Mm. 100%. So what is the purpose then? I mean, you're putting a song out, but you're not really getting anything beneficial other than, I guess, a good song. And is the song really that good? Is it worth, you know, taking 100% of your publishing? Probably not. Um, So if you can just create music without a sample, do it, you know. Um, But I, I understand sometimes the sample just adds a level of an element, you know, that can't be replaced. Um, so take into consideration how you use the sample. Um, I work in publishing every day. So when we get a sample request in, there's, and, and I'm in the licensing department, so it comes to my department, and the person, one or two people, will listen to the song, and they will say, okay, the sample is used in the chorus, that's probably going to take 50%. So they're just going to weigh it out. If it's just a little snippet, it might just take 10%. But there's just the person that's going to listen to the song and they're just going to make a determination based on their opinion of how much uh, the sample is used in the song, of how much it's going to take. And that's that's it. Like, it's it's not no rocket science to it. So um, I I would suggest if you're going to use a sample, make it a subtle sample. Not make it prominent, because if it's super prominent, then they're going to say that's what's driving the song popularity. And, you know, the song wouldn't be the song if the sample wasn't in there. So we're going to take, like I say, 50, 60, 70, whatever percent they, they want to take. And you just going to have to deal with it. All right. That's it. You just going to have to deal with it. That's just it. Um, I have another question. Uh, an it, artist. Yeah. <laughs> an artist asked about writing sessions how, how do you how do you go about uh they want to know about how do you go about getting involved in some writing sessions do you know do you do you yeah how do you how, how can they go about uh yes. connecting with you on that that's a facebook live question okay um right um i'm i'm based in in nashville uh i have writers here but we do have writers uh in la and around so uh, we curate writing sessions through Google Drive. How about that? All right. uh, okay. All right. We'll have the, the songwriter, uh, you know, the songwriter may come up with some lyrics and they'll just do a voice recording, you know, uh, or a, a memo recording of the, the verse or the hook or the acapella or whatever. Mm-hmm. Drop that in the Google Drive. 
and the producer will go listen to it. You know, they'll have the key and the BPM and the producer will pick that up and start to create and build the track around the vocals and vice versa. You know, we'll have the producer drop in one of his beats. The writer will go in, pick it up and try to, you know, start to write to it. So that's how we try to curate some of our uh, writing sessions in the age of technology. And then the good old fashioned way, you know, we'll have two sessions a week with one of my writing teams and they'll just come together. But there's always still that free work done to where the producers kind of drop the beat so that they come in with some kind of idea right when they get to the studio so they can you know kind of be like okay i listened to this this is kind of what i was vibing to in my idea and they just kind of create right then and there and then you know once we get the writing done then we'll set up time to do tracking and actually you know cut the vocals and go through a whole process so we try to run writing teams in six week sessions so whatever songs is created within that six weeks, and then we'll try to switch them up with different writers and producers. Okay. So that's how we try to run our set. All right. That's a great answer. There you go. One more question. Uh, and, man, you only got three minutes left. All right, really quick. Um, uh, Carolina George on Facebook Live, he asks, as a songwriter, what's a good process for me to go about selling songs that are already written to other artists? I think you kind of touched on that earlier as far as, I mean, that's that's the difference between an artist and a songwriter. I guess it would be, you know, to contact someone like you and uh with the service and kind of you know, uh, get them to uh you know I guess match it up with the clientele that you have. But uh, if you want to answer that again separately, uh, go ahead um, as a songwriter. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can just I can just expand um, catalog. You know, again, if you if you got one or two songs, don't even please waste your time trying to pitch nothing. Because um, if you got that one song, the next person's gonna be like, well, how many more of these do you have? So before you even venture, just make sure you got a solid catalog first. And if you feel like you really got a solid catalog of, you know, I'm, I'm going to say small 30 to 50 solid songs, then you can maybe talk to artists about, you know, uh, them covering your music and working with your, 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 your music and whatnot. But it has to fit the right artist and you need to get with somebody who can, you know, help cultivate and make sure that, the song gets to the right artist so all right yeah all right great answer thank you i really appreciate your time um you know again uh, it's been really great we're not right now with the leoing of the music queen real quick i want you to give out any pertinent information because we're running low on time um hold on yeah i can go past six seconds just ignore her that's just a countdown for the switchboard but we still okay. good but I want okay. I want you to run down okay. um, any information that you want people to know in contact information or anything that you want to um, put out there. Yes, um, definitely hit up my website www.themusiqueen.com. You can shoot me a message there. Follow me on Instagram uh, at t h e m u z i q u e e n that's the music queen uh i'm on facebook music queen publishing administration basically if you type in music queen on somebody's social media twitter snapchat instagram facebook i'll come up friend request me shoot me an email at music queen uh at gmail.com m-u-z-i-q-u-e-e-n at gmail.com and there you go all right, make sure you guys contact her. She gave out a lot of great, valuable information. At the Music Queen, at T-H-E-M-U-Z-I-Q-U-E-E-N. 
I want to uh, I want to um, say thank you again for uh, joining us. Uh, it was really great, really informative. I hope you had a great time. Uh, you know, um, I did. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. I really did. I I just hope the information was useful to somebody. Yeah. Well, we had we had we had uh, enough people listening and uh, people asking questions that I'm pretty sure somebody took it all in and soaked it up. Uh, real quick though, I think. Uh, let me see real quick. I think this might be mugs. Uh, mugs. Mugs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, we on, got bro. real quick though. We we got to make sure that we. Hey, uh, uh, holler at the homie uh, Mugs a Million right now. He's uh like I said, we uh, we send up some prayers. I had the people send up a prayer for you, man, and your people up there. I hope everything yeah. is going all right. Man, we appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Real yeah, quick. I'm here at the hospital now checking. I just wanted to thank Lou from Reverb Nation for checking in, and definitely the Queen Music Queen checking in. Uh, congratulate her on her Black Na- uh, Nashville Black Forty under forty two, man. That's a good oh, look thank for, you. The, for, thank for you. You know thank what I'm saying? And my my co-host on this um. Music industry conference call, man. Blizzum for holding me down, man. Thank everybody for the prayers and concerns. And, uh, man, God is good, though, man. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure I did get to check in real quick. Appreciate everybody for tuning in for the mic. Stay tuned for the next one. Um, we'll be back, you know what I'm saying, in a minute, though. It's like that. Music industry conference call. K100, the mic, most a million. We in the building. Let's go. All right. All right. Listen, thanks everybody for tuning in to the broadcast tonight. It was really great. It was another really great, really uh, good, informative session uh, of, of the MICC Music Industry Conference call. Like I said, there was a lot of information that was uh, put out. And, um, you know, just if you missed it again, you can always go to SoundCloud. Uh, make sure you follow us. You can watch it on YouTube if you want to watch the video. If you feel like you do, that gives you extra little interest. Uh, make sure you do that and just subscribe to the YouTube page. But, again, I want to thank everybody that tuned in. Shout out to everybody that watched us on Facebook Live. Uh, hope you guys um, learned a lot. And remember, this isn't our first one. This is actually our, our seventh one. So uh, go back over to um, SoundCloud, YouTube, and find some of those other ones in case you missed it. Again, Dalia, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Lou Playa coming through Reverb Nation, man. This was a really great informative session. This was the MICC on K100 Radio. All right, we're going to get you guys back to the music over there on the live broadcast. Uh, what shall I leave you guys with? Well, since we're talking about publishing, <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, let me see. Since we're talking about publishing and making sure your money right and uh, making sure everything's straight, sometimes when you don't do that, sometimes your idol can become your rival. You know what I'm talking about? Rick Ross. One last request. Can all producers please get paid? You are tuned to the K100 Radio, Hip Hop and R&B. K100, you bastards! I used to see niggas on TV, man. I used to be like, yo, them niggas so blessed, you know what I'm saying? If I had that opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Maybach music. I grew up on that cash money Bling bling was well known to flash money Hit the liquor store after my Rick authority Quick to switch a bitch up, 